From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 363, and today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hey, Mike Hurley, where you been? San Jose, California. Where have you been? <laughs> um, Raleigh, North Carolina, Somerville, South Carolina, Hilton Head, South Carolina, and now back in the comfort of my own home. Wow, you went on the South Carolina tour. Little road trip, little Carolina's road trip. Mm-hmm. So yeah, which we'll we'll talk about all the things that happened during the road trip. But that is why we had to record a little bit early last week, right? Mm-hmm. We sure did. Yeah, our friend Dan Smith hooked us up with two episodes full of two awesomeness. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I don't know what feedback you saw, but the stuff I was getting in tweets and emails was spectacular. And we'll talk yep. about that more with uh, some Ask TPA questions uh, follow-up from Dan's episodes. But I, I thought they went really, really well. So thanks to Dan for doing that and uh, spending some time with us and answering uh, a lot of questions that our yeah. listeners had about nib grinding. Yeah, you really brought the brains to that episode. I mean, you're not going to find it here on a week to week basis. No. So we have to bring that. We have to bring that in every time. <laughs> every time. So, how was the Triangle Pen Show? Uh, it was great. Like, I like that show. Like, it's a small pen show. I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, make it something into. It's not. It's always going to be a small show. Um, it's not the biggest show. It's not the busiest show. But it's a really, really good, fun show. I thoroughly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um. And we've talked about a lot of the reasons why, um, primarily because I get to bring my kids. They're generally out of school at that time. So we road trip up to Raleigh. They air quote help me out <laughs> at the show um, that we'll get into that. There wasn't a lot of, of that going on, but that's okay because they got to do other things. But um, the word I used in our show notes is consistent. And that's a weird tag or label to put on a show. But I know what I'm getting out of that show. It's run well. The hotel is nice. The ballroom is spacious. It is the right size. You know, I know where I need to be when I need to be there as far mm-hmm. as schedules go. I know what the events are before I get there. I know what time the events are happening. You know, there's pizza for me Thursday night and a dessert party for me Saturday night. I know what time the auction is. I know where I can go see the auction stuff ahead of time. It just works from open to close. It's really, really well run. So props to Terry Maywarder for for running that show. Um, I just I enjoy I enjoy it. It's fun because like it's not just a beehive of activity, right? Right, right. Um, which I couldn't do that and bring my kids at the same time, right? Because that's a little added responsibility, even though, you know, they're getting older. They're 10 and 12 now. Elizabeth's 12, Tyler's 10. And they were pretty much able to just like run, have the run of the show um, in a hopefully (laughs) respectful manner, uh, it seemed to be. And, um, you know, if I ever needed to go take a break for a second, I would have to round them up somehow to come man the table because they weren't going to hang out behind there <laughs> in, at any time um, without me asking them specifically to. So it was it was fun all the way around. The auction, I think, is one of the things that does make the show different. Like, it's always something that you bring up every year, and it seems to be a thing that the Triangle Pen show has that not a lot of shows have or focus on in the same way. 
Yeah, so other shows will have auctions. Like, um, you'll get to see one in San Francisco, hopefully. Um, I think they have an auction out there, which I haven't been to. Mm-hmm. And a few of the other pin shows have auctions. Um, I think Ohio, which is another Terry Maywarder show. Um, you know, and, and other shows have auctions. But this one, it was like my first, first, oh, Chicago, I think, has one too. Um, but this was kind of like my first really all-in experience on the auction like three years ago. And watching that grow over the years, it's been pretty cool. Like this thing was packed. Like mm. it's hard to put in a, like a, a scale or a scope on it because if I say, you know, there were, you know, 50, 60, 70 people there, like it doesn't seem like a lot, but like in a small capacity with, you know, one lot bidding at a time for fountain pens, like it's very, very busy. And even the show promoter said something to me, like, I don't know if it was, I think it was right before we started. He was like, wow, look at all the people. It's like, we had to pull in chairs and do all kinds of, do all kinds of things. And I just think it's popular because it's different. Even if you don't go in with the intention of buying anything or bidding on anything, um, it's an interesting spectacle right? It's kind of fun. It's a little bit funny. You know, there's not much time for uh, humor and and jokes cracking because there's 120 lots they have to auction off and that takes several hours. So (laughs) by the end, people are getting ornery uh, and probably rightfully so. But it's just kind of this spectacle. Like if you're going to the pin show for not just a day trip, it's kind of one of those things you want to see. You know, you don't have to participate in it, but it's kind of fun to see. in the past, I've bought a few things at auction. This year, there was a ton of modern stuff. Um, I think that helped, you know, with the auction um, participation. There were a good quantity. I could probably count off the mix because I have an auction sheet. But there were probably like 60, 40 vintage to modern, where in the past, it's probably been like 80, 20 or 90, mm-hmm. 10 vintage to modern. You know, and modern, I mean, I don't mean like brand new pens. I mean, like, you know, in the last 20, 30 years of, of pens, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000s, things like that. So stuff more up my alley as opposed to like going at it with uh, vintage vendors on vintage pens that I don't know much about. Um, so it was it was kind of uh, cool to see like there were two Nikayas in there. Right. And just really interesting things that we don't normally see so it, it was fun it you know i didn't really buy anything this time i bought one small lot which we'll talk about in just a second but i was actually a little bit surprised at like how high of prices these things were going for <laughs> like there were some real bidding wars going on and things were there were not a lot of capital d deals to be had right Mm. there were some there's plenty of deals like that's why you go to an auction right if you're interested in a pen as a as a hobbyist say not a not a retailer or a vendor where you're trying to resell pens but if you're interested as a hobbyist you can go and maybe get a little better deal on a pen that you might have been looking for something like that that's how i kind of look at it do you think people get carried away absolutely right without question and i have in the past and this year, when I looked through the auction list, there was like nothing I had to have. And as soon as you have to have something, then you get carried away, right? You're willing to get carried away. But, you know, with the auction, like I saw, I like, I think out of the 120 lots, I saw one that I knew I was going to bid on. It was a Pelican 101N, a, re, a 
you know, a pen from the last four or five years that's actually still available at retail. And if I could get it at a good price, I was in. But by that time, like I was bidding against someone who'd already spent thousands of dollars. Mm. I was like, there's no point in me continuing to bid on a pen I could get for the same price. It reminds me of an episode of The Office where they're doing a charity auction. Mm-hmm. And Dwight thinks all he has to do is guess the prices and he wins them <laughs> rather than pay for them. It kind of sounds like what this person was doing. <laughs> well, this person was very, very knowledgeable person. Right. It, it just didn't make any sense to a lot of us. And anyone in the chat, y'all, y'all know exactly who I'm, I'm talking about. I mean, it's not some big secret or conspiracy or anything, but um, he had money to spend and he was doing it. And so I was just like... You know, I get to a point where it's just like there's no point in me leaving the auction with this pen when I could probably walk into the show floor tomorrow and do just as well, right? right so right. that's how a lot of it was, um, especially like with the, with the modern pens, the vintage pens. I can't really speak on because I don't know a lot of their values, but it, it was fun. So I, I bought one lot. Um, I spent eighty dollars on an older platinum pens, kind of random pens lot and i need to share this i haven't shared this uh outside of like the pen member stuff yet um but i need to share this lot online because it was kind of funny because there ended up being a very interesting pen in this collection a collaboration that platinum did with the playboy company (laughs) like that playboy company back in the 70s and the pen is kind of nice like it's kind of well done for what it is and it's kind of like a funny memento type of thing, right? It's not like I'm collecting or doing anything with these pens, but it's basically a four pilot pen lot up, excuse me, platinum pen lot. And I paid $80 for like the four pens and you know, they're probably worth a total of about $80. So it wasn't like anything, but there was some neat stuff in that lot that I wanted to get. Um, so yeah, I need to share that pen more because it's kind of interesting. Um, and I think I want to ink it up and I'm going to ink it up and use it and see what it's about. It's got like a 14 carat nib and um, it's got chains on the barrel mic. I'm not sure if you noticed that. Uh, I saw that. It was, and um, a very, very faint bunny logo on there. So you wouldn't know what it really is. Yeah. Uh, the chains are weird. <laughs> what, what, see, at first I didn't think it was chains. I thought it was more, you know, the um, the doorway entries like where you hang stuff hang like the beads where you walk through through the door to like get into you know the room wherever the you know the key party's going on back in the 70s like that little mm. door kind of thing it looked like All those right. type of things as opposed to chain okay. chains we're going, <laughs> we're going down it's a route the playboy now pen, it's not Mike. necessary to explain mm. what you needed but you, i mean you, i didn't you, know if you, you got the thing. picture i didn't know if you got the picture of mm. what i was trying to explain yeah so i bought some pins right like, um, didn't really go into the show thinking I need this or I need that, but I wanted another micro architect nib, which I've talked about a lot on this show. And Dowdy grind. I, yeah, no, that's a different Dowdy grind. Oh yeah. So that's a different Dowdy grind. Many yeah. now. Not a, there's too many. There's too many. Um, and I forgot mine and I know people wanted to try it out. And luckily enough, I was stationed right next to Mark Backus, who does the micro micro grind for the nib grinder. And I mean, we're like, we were literal table neighbors. Like we were shoulder to shoulder all mm-hmm. weekend. So I was like, well, I'm here. Let me just get him to knock me out another nib when he's not busy. But I need a pen to put that in. 
So right on the other side of Mark, also right next to me, was Franklin Kristoff. And guess what? Um, the last nib I had from him fits in. Well, it fits a Franklin Kristoff. I get one of the Franklin Kristoff's fine steel Yovo number six nibs. They fit in lots of things. So I went down and picked out a pen from the prototype tray at Franklin Kristoff, which is something I have not done mm, two years, maybe. You know, I in at least six weeks. <laughs> probably so i could be wrong but i'm thinking like the last time i was in chicago i know i bought one and mm-hmm. i was wasn't there for two years i don't know that i bought one since but maybe i have anyway so i bought a really neat you would like this pen it's a clear so demonstrator it. mm-hmm. yeah it's got that blue blue finial blue grip section like jonathan brooks material it looks like a wave crashing type of blue right mm-hmm. it's like an oceany type of blue with white ripples in into it. So it's really neat, really neat looking. Very happy with that pen. And then um, thinking I didn't want to buy any pens anyway, and I ended up with one. I was good until I got bored on Sunday and started walking around the show. And that's how Nakaya's happened, Mike, right? You no. walk around the show. No. <laughs> that is not how that works. But it might be how it worked for you. <laughs> it is how it works for me. Um, I, you know, the more pen shows you go to, the more people you see repeatedly, and the more you know what their inventory is, and the more that they know what you like out of their inventory. Mm. So, yeah, made a deal. Uh, got another Nakaya. This one's really neat. I think you will like this one to try. Like, this is not one yep. I think you would ever want to own. It's like a really large model pen. Mm-hmm. You would like it, and I think you would be like, oh, this is really neat, but this would not be a pen that I could see you ever owning because it's basic black, but it's a hairline matte finish, right? It's almost like it's a brushed finish. It's not a shiny lacquer finish. Is it kind um, of like the uh, the Lamy 2000? In theory, yes, but, but it actually has, m- okay. it has more of a texture and okay. it's but that's like maybe the closest color. thing I can think of, right? Which has like a kind yes. of a textured barrel yes. that I've used. Yep. Yep. So you can feel that, but it's even more pronounced on this particular Nakaya. So this one's called a long cigar. And as you can imagine, it's a longer shaped pin. Mm. Um, just a rounded in. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's now home with me. It's actually sitting on the desk here. I've I've always wanted a finish. Do you remember... And I, I I should have looked this up before, and but the time we discussed one of Lay Reyes's pen Nakaya pens, and it had the skull on the end yep. of it, and we had yep. like something we had some death thing, and she made T-shirts for us. Mm-hmm. It's not that pen, but it's that finish. So ever since then, mm-hmm. I've always wanted something in that finish. Okay, and uh, I was able to get it now, so it's very cool. Um, last thing, Knock had a good show, and good. we brought our new coleman case this time in yellow with a sky blue interior good summertime it is summertime but as it turns out mike it's not the best to photograph for the internet um for reasons that you know people have discovered which we did not realize at the time uh to make a case in this shape also in yellow but we love this case and it's awesome. And we have a few left if you want to buy it. <laughs> what is wrong with people? I don't know. Like, okay, so you know you've known me for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have 
a certain child's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll readily admit I'm an inner 12 year old. Mm-hmm. I, this did not even cross my mind like whatsoever. You can find anything if you're looking hard enough. <laughs> like I'll be honest with people. Like when we make things like, okay, we like, we knew this might happen. I had no cl- concept of this, especially cause like the first one we came out with was green and it didn't really make a difference but apparently yellow in this case is um more interesting to a lot of people so Mm. won't last long folks there's a few left they're up on the site now so we always put them we'll bring we'll do the show special case and then we'll uh whatever we have left over we'll bring back put them up on the site and we'll blow them out and they're gone so it's a really cool case i'm using this as my marker case Mm. right now all right, that website that we just spoke about, that website, Notco, that's actually a Squarespace website. And Squarespace, mm-hmm. one of the sponsors of today's episode, because you can make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you easily create the website that you want for your next idea with the ability to grab a unique domain name to give it the brand that you want, take advantage of and customize beautiful award-winning templates to make sure that it shines when people visit it, and so much more. Squarespace is the only one platform that will let you put your next project online. There is nothing to install. There is nothing to patch or upgrade. They take care of all of that stuff so you don't have to. And they give you the ability to add tons of functionality to your site so you can make the type of website you want to make if you have a restaurant and you want to be able to put in a bunch of information and maps and all that stuff you can do that if you just want to create a blog or a portfolio maybe for your writing or for your photography you can but if you want to create an online store where you sell physical products and you want to manage your inventory and all of that stuff squarespace have all of the tools to do it and many many people including brad do you can uh, go and check it out yourself right now they have a free trial so you can go to squarespace.com penaddict and sign up and you can play around and really to your heart content just get a feel for what squarespace is like before you get ready to launch uh, your website to the world and then you sign up for one of their plans which start at just 12 dollars a month and include 24 7 customer support as well because they are amazing like that uh, when you decide to sign up for a plan use the offer code pen addict and you'll get 10 percent of your first purchase of a website or domain and be showing your support for this show that is squarespace.com pen addict and the code pen addict to get 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for this show and all of relay fm squarespace make your next move make your next website one quick thing on squarespace we haven't mentioned in a while they have a commerce app which when I travel, that comes in really handy to adjust inventory if mm. I need to. Like mm-hmm. if you know we've miscounted or got new stuff in, I can just like pull up that app on my phone and go right into like our product inventory and make a change uh, on the fly in about two seconds. It's it's really cool how they how they've done that. I like it. All right, after Raleigh, North Carolina, Mike, I headed south and built some spoke pins for mm. a few days with Brian. <laughs> and what, what's so funny? <laughs> there is just something amusing to me about you making the pens mm. because I feel like sometimes you're surely more of a hindrance than a help. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably... Brian would probably agree. Like to Brian some need, level. can't do it all on his own, so like he needs right. you. He needs help. Like he needs you to help him. But I assume that. But like you don't know what you're doing. Like you're learning, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So he has to teach me. There must be times where like he puts you on the lathe and he's just like, oh god, he's gonna lose his hand. What am, what do I yeah. do if he loses if I loses his hand? You know. Yeah, he has band aids. We've used them. 
Oh boy. Um, let's 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 state this really really clear. Brian's an engineer, like literal. Like I could tell you some of the products he designed, and you'd know what I'm telling you. Type of design okay. engineer. He knows how to make stuff. Yeah. That's why you work. <sighs> yeah, I know how to make pointy hair and you know how to design things you can design you have Uh, the brain mm. to come up with products like you can do that part but yeah yeah, yeah. taking it from idea to physical product you need people (laughs) to help you with right you have jeff and you have brian right right so brian is amazing at that stuff like he like we run across a problem and like he gets that little like computer mind going where like he doesn't talk for like a minute and then he goes okay, let's do this, and it works, right? Like, yep. I don't function that way. He seems to make lots of jigs, which is a thing that I learned from Tom and Dan. <laughs> he makes it. He makes everything. A jig is, like, a tool to help you use a tool, effectively. Right. Exactly. Which is kind of... I mean, just the concept of it is kind of hilarious to me because you need jigs for the jigs, I guess. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I've seen I've seen pictures that you share on Instagram or in <laughs> Refill, in your newsletter. And it seems like that there's... Lots of jigs going on in, in the spoke pen workshop. Yeah, so this is all foreign to me, right? It's like we're not grabbing... I'm not getting a pen that's been delivered to us and reshipping it out to someone else, right? There is an assembly process, and there, like I said, there's a build document for our pens. <laughs> like, it's intense. So, therefore, it takes us a while to, to do, make do the pens. Do you think that the uh, document exists because of you? Would the document in need I would to be wager. existed and adhered to if you weren't around? Yeah, because okay. that's how Brian is. That's it will good, be then. fully documented. That's yeah. Good. Oh, no. If I wasn't around, the document would still exist. Ooh. It just has a lot more colors and pictures now that I'm here. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's Yeah, well, he has to teach me. Like, I get a job, right? So, mm-hmm. like, then I just sit down and do the job until I'm done with the job, and then I get another job. Like, I can't think of what to do next. I don't have the order. Yes. The order of work you're down. A, you're a shop right? assistant. I'm a widget maker. Sure. Like, I'm I'm damn good at making widgets. You're a that's production why I, line. Yeah, that's why I like shipping. I'll never, like, argue with shipping because, like, I don't mind shipping. That's make, Shipping is making widgets, right? It's, you know, I don't have to, like, actually physically think about you know have we done this part here to this pen and where is this whole status out Mm -hmm. but you know i can you know i can do my widget making pretty well i I think i'm a decent widget maker but you know i'm not going to invent anything so you know in over the span of like two and a half days we ended up with over 200 pens so now i'm working i'm starting to ship those out now so this will be like for all of you spoke pen backers who happen to be listening you know this will be a slower shipping process like we're still like within our time frames and dates but it's not like i can take those 200 pens and batch ship those in like two days right that's going to take me like a week probably more than a week to ship that many pens because it's a one-on-one type of fulfillment like since we have so many colors and so many styles and so many things that have to be verified i can only take like one order at a time sit down with the order figure out what they do box it up pack it up label it ship it go on to the next order so that's just a process whereas if i sell 50 of the not coleman cases i can batch print probably 40 of those orders and have that done within an hour right Mm. it's a different type of process Mm so you know that's where we're at right now we're starting to ship we have all these parts in and everything's looking good we're still we should get the 
orange and blue parts we had redone. Uh, we're hoping to get them next week, and then uh, we'll just keep going. So, you know, we'll be making part pins and parts throughout the summer and shipping throughout the summer, and uh, we'll get it done. They're looking awesome, though. I love this pen. I, I love I, every one I pack up. I'm like, ooh, this is a nice pen, and I do that all day long. So that's pretty cool. So I, I'm still waiting, right? Because I'm an orange crush. Person. You're an orange crush, yes. Yeah, so you'll be. Um, Whenever we get those in and ready, we'll circle back to like the top of the list because we're just doing it in backer order. Yeah, backer order based upon availability. Yep. Yep. That's a fun so that's system. the only way we can kind of do it. Yeah. So it's manual, right? That's a yeah. long process. Yeah. Like every time I have to figure who's next and do they have something that I can ship? Mm-hmm. If no, go to the next one, right? This is why I can't ship like 200 pins in the span of two days. Like it right, just you takes need to time. Sit and work it out. But that's not a complaint. That's just a reality of how the shipping is for this product. And I think it's fine. Like, it's just going to be, you know, if I can ship 25 packages or 50 packages in a single day, that's a huge win. So today's episode is an episode very heavily focused on uh, stuff me and you are doing. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, that's just become like a, a different trend of the show over time as we've both mm-hmm. started making stuff my making stuff begins now so we'll talk about that a little bit later on but right. there is a there is something that we didn't make that we want to talk about too <laughs> yeah i almost didn't put this in because of that reason like you and i think the same way i was like i want to talk about this but it doesn't really fit into the overall show so i just kind of jammed it in break, there right might just be a nice kind of break of the content anyway so that's why yeah it's and it's not a huge conversation and people will want to know about it and mm-hmm. our thoughts on it. And that's the new Platinum 3776 Rocka limited edition. R-O-K-K-A, I mean, that's a great K-K-A, all caps Rocka. Yeah, that's that's a great name, right? Mm, I like it. It's easier than some of the other ones that they've had, like n- nicely less or whatever. Uh, Kumpu, hello. No. Shungyo. Well, but Kumpu, you can remember true shungyo and nice lilas and lavand see i can i can remember them all but raka that's a good one but it basically means what does it mean snowflake (laughs) i think hexagonal snowflake is that the word so this is a really pretty pen like i'm not gonna lie you look at it and i I go wow this is pretty and i have no desire for it like it's not yeah. a me pen, but they're gonna sell the heck out of this pen, right? I that's that's my opinion of it. It looks good. It's what platinum does. It's I'm tired of all the clear pens that they do. They finally gave us a bunch of the um of you know color variations last year with the red and green and pink and purple over the last two years. But this is like one of their standard kind of clear barrel with a really pronounced snowflake pattern. Right. So what are your thoughts on this? Because you seem to be I, I'm not saying like it's amazing and I love it and I got to have it. But you seem just in your humming seem to be a little bit more hesitant than I am. Well, I mean, I absolutely adore my 3776. It is a right. almost perfect pen. Like you should get one. If you don't have one, find one, yeah. get one. And this might be the one for you. It's just not the one for me. It's a yeah. little too delicate looking for me like Mm -hmm. it's too much like fine crystal in its design you know and that's just not my aesthetic um i would be super interested in it if uh if that body was 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 um like you was like hollow right this is solid like honey like honeycomb like the uh paniter honeycomb Uh uh-huh like that's what i thought this pen was when i saw it at first 
And that I is intriguing that. to me, right? Because that's mm. just like I don't have anything like that. But you know, I don't I don't have anything like this pen exactly either, but what it's similar to is too similar. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like yep. here is another fancy um engraving or whatever it is, like another fancy way that they've they've kind of cast the pen, which looks super cool. But it's not even my favorite of the 3776s over the last couple of years. I have my favorite. It's the Levant, the purple one with the rose mm-hmm. gold. Like, that's my favorite one with the lines down it where it mm-hmm. wasn't too aggressive like the li- nice Lilas was. Um, right. I found what, the one that I love the most. This is super cool. It's just not for me. Like, it's all, you know, it's like clear and silver. It's like, all right, whatever. I like that I have purple and rose gold. Yeah, it's funny. Like, my favorite is the Shungyo. It's the red one, which, interesting enough none of us neither of us chose the kumpu which i think was probably the most popular out of the whole series um but they they've done a great job on this series i this one's a little bit weird but maybe necessary right in the rotation of pins that they're making um i think it's around the same price as the kumpu like the mid 200s mm-hmm. 250 275 seems high ish but like I mean, it's going to sell out like instantly. 2,500 of these. They're, if you want this pen, you're going to have to get it like when it launches. Um, I don't think it's going to be around forever. It's it's pr- it's pretty cool. Um, I just don't see one ending up on my desk. But What's I wanted to bring it up because... Like? What's the 3776 that you like? Shungyo. S-H-U-N-G-Y-O, I believe. It's red with um, rhodium-plated trim. Yep, I got it. I just wanted to so get it's, it in the show notes. It's, it's an etched barrel but less etched than the nice and lavand it's more of a flatter etching mm. but it's cool so out of all of these the shung is the only i've all of these have crossed my desks to this point and either i've reviewed them or one of the panatic writers have reviewed them the only one i've ever kept for me personally is the shung and i've had a chance to use them all and like i don't need all of them like i picked the one there may be another one in the future that it becomes number two or replaces the number one. But, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm on the Shungyo. I'm good with that. This does not replace that for me. So I guess that's probably the best way to look at it. All right. Hit me with it. Michael, when you were on your travels, (laughs) as I was in the past week or two, you also launched a product or at least had a product in hand with a partner that you worked on said project with. Yeah. What did you launch in the past week or actually in the past day or two that it might be yesterday. of interest to pen addict? Yeah. To pen addict listeners. It seems like weeks ago. It seems like years ago because oh, that's God. about how long we started talking about it. So what did you launch yesterday, Mike? Uh, it's a, it's a notebook called the theme system journal. It is a right. pre-printed journal. Um, it's a system. Uh, and it is all contained within a beautiful notebook, which is based on the Studio Neat tote book. And we'll get to why in a minute, I guess. Um, yeah, we will. <laughs> as part of a show that I do called Cortex um, on Relay FM with CGP Grey, where we talk about how we work. Um, a couple of years ago, Grey introduced an idea called Themes, Yearly Themes. And since then, it's become a huge part of our show because it's become a huge part of our working lives. Uh, every year, me and Gray and many Cortex listeners set a theme for the year. Like This is what I want to brand my year as because there's a bunch of things that I want to achieve and it becomes like a North Star, like a guiding light for the decisions that you make throughout the year. Um, 
many people, including me, will add in separate themes, maybe a theme for a quarter or a season or a theme for a six months, depending on how kind of things are going. And we also leave it up to kind of to change and move. Um, and then a what some time ago, I started journaling. I've spoken about that on this show a lot, right? Like, yeah, for sure. That's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, know, we, how I, this well, came I, from that. Exactly. Like I spoke about it on Cortex, and then spoke about it here too, because there was a, a like a cross between it all. Um, and basically, I created a system in a Hobonichi uh, techo where I would ask myself a bunch of different things. So it was like a system of questions every day, and it changed over time. Um, right now, the version that I ask myself is, what was good today? What was bad today? What am I proud of? And what am I looking forward to? That's what I ask myself that every day. Then I have a series of questions that I ask myself that I give myself a score on every day as well. And these are like, basically, we call them daily themes now, which is how it's represented in the notebook. Things that you want to achieve every single day, and you can give yourself a score for them. Um, and I ask myself, like, you know, did I do anything to be creative, to generate revenue from a company? How am I doing? Like, what did I do something to make an effect in my marriage and my health, that kind of thing? And the way that I do it, and I've been doing it for a while now, is I, I used to give myself a score out of five, but ultimately didn't like that because what's a two? I could never yeah. <laughs> really work it out. So now, in, and is printed in this journal, which I'll get into a little bit more in a minute. It's a circle with a line through, and I either don't color it in, I color half in, or I color it all in. And that's like a much better system, a binary system, for me to mm. to effectively know whether I've done nothing, something, or felt like I've really achieved on, on those areas every day. This was a system that I was keeping for myself in a notebook that I was kind of jerry-rigging into, right? Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. putting this into a Hobonichi, which is not made for that. So about a year ago, feels like about a year ago, we came up with the idea of taking my system that Gray also used as a version of this as well and creating a designed notebook to fit that system so we worked on a design we have a design it's broken down into a bunch of sections it's three main sections really it starts off with this is where you write your themes and it's outlined you put your theme a description of your theme and one you wanted to achieve then there are journal pages enough for 90 days of journaling which are broken down into four boxes so two small boxes one large box and one even smaller box And you can put like the date and the page number on there too. And there's enough for 90 days in there. And then at the back, there is that final section of daily questions, right? So there's there's 10 large boxes where you could write down a question or a thing that you want to be doing every day. Then there are a bunch of uh, scoring boxes, right? Where you could go in and score yourself each day as well. And there's, there's enough there as well for over 90 days worth of scoring. This could also be used for a daily checklist, um, or of any kind, right? Like it's really just, or a habit tracker. Habit tracking has become a thing, right? And this mm-hmm. is effectively habit tracking. Um, but we kind of brand it and think of it as daily journal, like daily questions that I ask myself, right? Does that make sense? Am I explaining it well yeah. enough? You're so explaining I've, it. Okay. I've been very conscious of the it. fact that like, I feel like I haven't done a good job explaining. Uh, but that's also part of the point of this book at the moment. Yeah. So... This notebook has been made because I believe that we have the beginning of a system, right? That the theme Mm -hmm. system can be a thing that people can use to help themselves kind of 
stay on track. But I am not sure yet if the system that I have designed meets the needs for a large amount of people because right. it's very simple. It's just structured, right? Like we don't pre-print questions in here. And and I feel like for me, a lot of the journaling systems that exist are way too heavy. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are heavy because they want to lock you in, right? Right. I mean, my you've heard me say this a thousand times over the years when we talk about planners um, and you know other calendars and agendas. I do not want to be told what to do ever. Exactly, and so and that in, what we that, that includes do, putting a date on the page. That yeah. means that day, we actually don't print any page numbers or dates yeah. or anything. And I don't know if that's something will change in the future, but right now we don't. And the reason for that is because I don't journal on the weekend, mm-hmm. so I don't want to waste two pages. Right, right. So like exactly, we have ninety days, but you could use one of our books for six months, depending on how often you journal. And this is part of everything to do with the theme system is what I want to do is give people a structure, a structure that's worked for me without locking them down. I still want people to go that extra step to work out what do you want to be writing about every day? What do you want to be recording? We just want to give you the ability to not feel like it's going to go on forever, right? Like with our system every day, you're only really writing about four things. You choose what they are. Um, right and and it but it should all go it should all ladder back up to the theme. What I wanted to do was create what I think is a nice product to allow people to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are very aware that this what we are calling the first edition. It's like la- named as such in the book. This is effectively a beta product. So mm-hmm. we have sold a small amount of these. I'll get to that in a minute too. And we want people's feedback who buy it. So the people that buy it, if they like it, I want to know what they like. If they don't like it, I want to know what they don't like. So we can make it a better product in the future. So there are no instructions in our book because it's not done yet. Yeah, I found that very interesting. And that was a note. So I listened to you and Gray talk Mm -hmm. about this yesterday. I don't listen. I'm maybe like a one third to one half Cortex listener, right? Mm -hmm. I don't listen to every episode. But I obviously wanted to listen to this so we could talk about it. And I found it interesting. There's essentially no guidelines. There's no instructions. Nope. There's no chart. There's no reference. Nope. Like, you know, the books you see like this usually like tell you what to do. Like this page is for this. It this will. is how you manage it. Right. Like okay, eventually. So this is figuring that. We're figuring that out. What right I want to do is I want to pre-print in the book like an example page from each of us. Right. So you can see how we use it. Right. But that I didn't want to put what I figured would be a lot of time. Like that's going to, that probably will take longer to design than the actual design to make sure it's coherent and makes sense. I didn't want to do all of that until we're set on the actual system. So this book as it is right now really should only be bought by people that are bought into the idea of yearly themes, which a lot of our audience are. Uh, because then they already know what they want to do in theory but then they can come to me and be like all right so uh i would like it if there was this in the book instead because that would help me for this and And like i'm using one every day now and i know what i want to change right but i don't know when we're going to make that change i would like i mean ideally this year by the end of the year to have the new design ready for next year but Manufacturing has been an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, so, let's talk about that. So, but uh, have I done a decent enough job talking about what the book is? Do you think? Yes, and okay. people who are listening to this should hit 
the show notes to pull up a picture of the product and you can see what the page layouts look like yeah. and see how the structure is yeah. and see the ideas that Mike's talking about. It might be helpful to have that the up photos are amazing. at the time. Cotton Bureau yeah, did a the, wonderful job. The picture they yeah, took they of the debossing is incredible. <laughs> it's really by good. the way, the debossing on this notebook is legit. Mm. Like <laughs> It looks like it. I don't know how they did it to the yeah. level that they did it. Somebody yeah. mentioned to me, like, the debossing of the logo, it looks like two pieces, but it's not. Mm. And, like, I, I was so uh, I had Studio Neat help me with this, and we'll get to why. But, like, Tom was telling me, I don't know how they did this without it coming through the other side, which it doesn't. Right, it's, it's deep. It's is deep. It? I, it's I like deep, a good debossing. Deep bossing. So they, deep when, bossing. when the prototype came in, like, oh, no, this is 2D, I was like, no, <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's not enough. I, like, it's amazing. <laughs> they did an incredible job like, the, with the manufacturing on this. But, but yeah, um, I figure I should Making say, I, was, I mean, I haven't told the full story about this, but like we can maybe tell it here. I originally came to you for this. Right. And so I mentioned on Cortex that we were rejected by American manufacturers. <laughs> yep. And it was uh, your manufacturers that said they wouldn't yep. do it. Yep. So, like, you came to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you've always, you know, you like how the Notco stuff has been printed. And I was like, our well, printer's pretty open. And I didn't want to spend a ton of time working out what paper to use. Right. I wanted to make my system. So I needed to go to right. somebody that I knew could get me a quality product. So I came to you. And then again, that was also then when you couldn't help me, I went to Studio Neat. Yep. So like our manufacturer, our printer said, we're not going to quote this job. (laughs) (laughs) With the specs and details uh, we gave them, that was the answer I got. And I was like, huh. All right. It's like, you're like this big, massive printer that can do all these things. And the answer I get is we're not going to quote this job. Um, to me, I really, I took, I took offense to that, honestly. And we now have a new printer. Like mm-hmm. we changed printers after that, to be honest. I don't know if I ever told you that because I thought that was just a disrespect. It's very disrespectful of, the, of the customer. I would like to give you money to make me something and you won't even, you won't even it's like a, give me a quote. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a digital file, right? Like it's yeah. digital, it's digital printing. Yep. We went with digital um, printing. It just has to be bound. Yep. So it's, I was, I was not happy about that um but this is something we haven't discussed and there's not much more details to go into it but i was very disappointed and the end result is we now have a new printer (laughs) for knock still in atlanta just different different print shop because i felt um a long-term relationship i don't think that it's good for when you have an idea right like, right, <laughs> right. Because I need, I need more than what I just brought you. And if that's the reception I get for something that should be okay, it's not basic, but it's not overly complex. Mm-hmm. Then I need to take my ideas somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. So then I went to Studio Neat because I knew they were working on the tote book. Um, I mean, right. the reason I knew that was because the tote book was actually the product that existed before the panel book. And having spoken to them for so long, I kind of, I knew all of that. Um, And they'd sent me some prototypes of the tote book. And I was like, I can 100% work with this. This is exactly what Mm -hmm. I'm looking for. So I worked with Tom and Dan and they've been very, very gracious in holding my hand um, Mm -hmm. and helping me through this process. But, oh my God. (laughs) Brad, it's so hard. The end result was the right decision. Like it's a perfect 
complement to that style yep. of notebook, right? The interior is the perfect complement to that style and design mm-hmm. of notebook. But getting there, um, yeah, like there's nothing good that ever comes out of the manufacturing process until it's done. It <laughs> and is then so you go, difficult. I have a and thing, it's so slow, but getting... and it is so confusing. Like. Mm-hmm. There are things that I should know about this notebook that I don't know because I've been told so many things I've forgotten. I don't know how many pages are in it. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like I don't actually even know the paper. All I right. know is it is incredibly similar to the tote book paper, but they had to right. make some slight changes because it's digital printed and not ink printed. Mm-hmm. It's like this was why. So we made... A very I don't want to say how many, but we made a very a very small number of these. Um but it was enough still that I was concerned we wouldn't sell them all. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like it was small, but it was still like, okay, I mean, we've sold stuff before that hasn't sold this amount, you know. Uh and there was a few reasons for this. One, because we wanted to see, like, is anyone actually going to buy this thing? And the other was, we may have made these, had them shipped to Cotton Bureau, they were shipping them to me, and we may have scrapped the entire project. Right. Because I needed to be confident that what I was selling was good. <laughs> because <laughs> of this that, show. <laughs> but it's also my own standards, right? Like, sure, sure. Because sure. I am a pen aficionado... There is absolutely no way that I would sell a product that would not meet my own needs. And like, so I would say, right, like this book works great with fountain pens for me. Like, yeah, there's a little bleed through, right? But it is more than acceptable for the stuff that I'm throwing at it. You know, I would say that like, if you are unhappy with the performance of the panel book or the tote book for fountain pens, then this probably isn't the notebook for you. But I think that they handle them with a plum like oh yeah that's like a 90 percenter exactly it's so, kind of like the knock the knock paper is the same way yeah i mean it's it's I, good with fountain I, pens you can I'm push it to a point where it's not but. to the level at which it's perfect because that's yeah madness and it's really the majority of people that ever buy this book will not be using fountain pens in it so right. i'm not gonna go for the cost of trying to produce the perfect fountain pen notebook when i personally right. don't need that right but i am like Brad, I am so proud of what we have made. Yeah. The, so, how long did it take to sell out? Even about about we can't seventy talk minutes. Numbers. Seven or seventy? What'd seventy. You say? <laughs> I know they were gone then. Um, yeah. And we have fast. had so for the amount that we've sold, we've already had about twenty times <laughs> the amount of people sign up to be notified when there's more of them. Jeez. So when is there going to be more of them? Well, you tell me, man. Yeah. Um, the answer is... I'm ordering them. Yeah, the answer is whatever date you get, it will, not, it will not be by then. Yeah, oh, I know that. <laughs> if I, it's one thing I know by now. It's And you can't add enough time to that number. No. So we're going to be ordering... A v- t- we're ordering 10 times the amount we ordered last time. All right, good. Um, or maybe not that many, but ten times the amount we sold. Yeah, we haven't. A lot. We have yet to sell, so we have not sold all that we made because we have to keep some aside in case there's problems, right? Exactly. So like, there's yes. a small amount. It's like all sure. this stuff that I just never had to think about before. <laughs> um, I'm very lucky to work with a company like Cotton Bureau 
like I, basically I send the products to them and they're doing the fulfillment because I would have no idea what I'm doing, right? Like there's no, yeah. there's no, there's no way that I could do like what you and Jeff did, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just created a company and did it. Like I need fulfillment because I can't focus all of my energy um, right. on, on shipping the notebook. Uh, but yeah, we're going to make more. We're, we're going to make more of this exact one. We're not going to make changes to it. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. people seem to really want it, and I would like to be able to sell a lot to a larger amount of people if we're going to make this thing a success. Because I want the most feedback I can possibly get. Yep. I don't want to speak out of school particularly, but I'm really intrigued to see can this become a thing that's bigger than me? Right. Like that's the goal, right? Sure, like, that should be the goal. Uh, you know, what? Well, let's be the next bullet journal, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> See, start seeing people write theme system in that, that font, the bullet journal font. Right. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I, I want to see if like, I mean, I have ideas, right? I have mm-hmm. other theme system products I want to make. You right. know, like I have lots of ideas. Um. So now, now I want to see like, where can it go? But first, let's try and sell a lot of them. Yep. That's kind of where I am. Yep. But, I mean, we're not going to have them any time before like six weeks from now. Oh, that, right? that would be a miracle. That would be a miracle. Yeah, that's, but like, you know, best case scenario, best case perfect scenario is like six weeks. Gotcha. Um. But it's not going to be before then, is what I'm saying. I will know more. Like, we're putting in the order today, I think, and I assume that we'll get some kind of timeline, and then we can work from there. But I'm blown. I was blown away, man. I couldn't believe it. Like, I was worried we wouldn't sell them, and they were gone immediately. You know, it's like immediately. Yeah. We've never sold anything this quickly. Like, when I sell t shirts and stuff, it takes longer than that to sell. I, Sure. I feel like I've really landed on something and it's kind of crazy really because I had this idea <laughs> and then I helped, you know, like I was the driving force behind this design and it seems like it's really caught on in people's brains. So I'm super excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome. So to put a bow on this, because uh, we have a bunch of ass TPA mm. to get to, a bunch of good just ass TPA me. this week. Uh, well, it was about me too, I, and that's that's the point of this question. When you started this podcast, did you think we'd be making stuff? Did you think we'd be making pens and notebooks when episode one of the Pen Addict started, or episode ten, or episode a hundred? Did no. you think we'd be doing having these types? No, of conversations? I can't believe it. Really, that that both no. of us are at this point now where yeah, we're we're doing these things, it's, and 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 it's working. Yeah, that's the thing that's wilder about it is like it's it's actually working. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's space in this world for analog, and you know, I think we've, you know, we see that every day, every week, our interactions with you know our listeners and our readers, and you know things like that. There's there's room in this world for analog. In fact, I would say it's almost a requirement, um, to have some analog in your life for sanity purposes. And um, I enjoy, you know, talking about these things, and I think that's why you know, the pen addict is, has been around for as long as it is. It's like, I think these analog, um, 
things that we have like play an important role in our life and helps us lead a better life. And, you know, I think that's something, you know, maybe we'll, we'll continue to explore. I hope so. Yep. But first, Mike, I, I got to look good while I'm talking about analog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. What do you got for me? I want to talk about Harry's. Brad, did you know that the average person could spend 3,000 hours of their life shaving? <laughs> what? <laughs> so don't waste four months of your life. I need a refund. Life. Well, I, I, actually, I can help you save money instead. How about that? Right. Don't don't All waste right. four months of your life overpaying for poor performing razors. Get Harry's products. They're razors that are so sharp you can shave less often and save money at the same time. Harry's was founded by two guys that were tired of paying for overpriced gimmicks like vibrating razor heads, flexible balls, handles that look like a prop from a sci-fi movie. These are just some of the tactics that leading brands use to overcharge. And you don't want that. Harry's make quality, durable blades at a fair price for just $2 per blade. And to keep prices low, they cut out the middleman. They bought a world-class blade factory that is in Germany, and they've been making some of the best razor blades in the world for over 99 years. And now they can provide great quality at factory direct prices and offer a 100% quality guarantee at the same time. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know, and they'll give you a full refund. Brad, do you love your shave? I love my shave. I shave this morning and I usually don't necessarily like think about the ad reads or, or look at the stuff or think about what I want to say, but I was, I had already done all that this morning. I didn't shower till right before the, the show. This is the TMI portion of our show, Mike. Um, never and enough. was it I, I was, never enough information? Any <laughs> So I was shaving and I was like, I knew this ad read was coming up and I knew you'd probably ask me to say something. And all I could think about was, why would I ever spend more for a worse shave? Like, this is the best product that I've ever used to shave with, and it costs less. I don't understand why not everyone uses it. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was that was my moment of clarity this morning. And whilst Brad, I was shaving you, with my hair. We have the perfect offer on this Uh-oh. idea for listeners of this show because they can get a trial set, which has everything that they're going to need for a close, comfortable shave. Like a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to move around with on the go. To redeem your trial set, just go to harrys.com slash penaddict. That is harrys.com slash penaddict to redeem your offer and help support this show. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of The Pen Addict and Relay FM. All right, Mike. All right, let's Brad. get back into to what we do best, and that's mm-hmm. answer ask, ask TPA questions. I guess that's questionable whether it's our, our the best aspect of the show, but I certainly enjoy it. So, Side Rose tried to get my fiance into fountain pens. Instead, she fell in love with the G Urban rollerball that oh, uses <laughs> uses fountain pen ink cartridges. You know that pen, Mike? Yeah, the, we the spoke G about it I have, yeah, I yeah, have yeah. one somewhere. Okay. She's currently using Lamy Safari Green and Diamine Oxford Blue. So I have, I have questions <laughs> about that. Um, but regardless, are there any other non-fountain pen pens that can use fountain pen ink cartridges? And yeah, that's something we've discussed before. And the discussion has always been around, yes, but they're all terrible, right? Mm. Like it's not the best performance because of the... Steel, rollerball, and properties of fountain pen ink don't always match up to a smooth writing experience. The best I have used is the cheapest and, one could argue, ugliest 
but it's the pilot high tech point. Um, this is the I don't know stablemate of the famous pilot precise v5 v7 series right a lot of people with that i think uh in the uk what are they called um pilot v tech v tech sounds right yeah, yeah something like that but everybody knows this pen it's the everyone pilot knows this point pen. pen yeah so about two or three years ago they came up with one that uses pilots ink cartridges for ink which means they come and just they they market them in just your basic <laughs> black blue green and red you know with the matching pin barrels and the matching ink cartridges but you can use any pilot ink cartridges in those like they're proprietary ink cartridges um so i think and that's the one that actually works like a real pin should work in my opinion it's the best monteverdi makes a couple of pins that you can use um we've talked about the one touch stylus tool before mike mm-hmm. as one that i keep saying i keep threatening to buy that i never do because it uses the fountain pen in, in, we in both cartridges want that pen but have never bought yeah it. yeah then they also make one called the engage which is kind of the the nicer more traditional higher scale product that also uses the same filling mechanism you know short international cartridges for that and the last one I came up with was one that Susan just reviewed on the Pen Addict in the last couple of weeks. It's the Pen BBS 350, which offers a fountain pen. I like nib. BBS, I just think BBS boards. That's fine. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. I grew up on that. Um, the fountain pen nib is swappable with a, a separate roller ball um, nib. So you can swap those in and out however you like and use the cartridges with it. Um, I don't know if. They may be using their own um, model, but I know Schmidt makes just a rollerball tip that a lot of these companies use. Hmm. And if you like people who really get into this can find, you know, like really nice fountain pens that these Schmidt um, mechanisms fit into. It's just like a twist on like a if you would twist out a nib unit in your fountain pen, these Schmidt uh, rollerball tips can just swap right into like a that size size nib. So. Those are the main ones, and you can actually do some uh, some weird stuff if you uh, really get into it and want to keep keep going down that path. So that's my those are my options. All right. So next up, we have a question from Crotos who says, "Do you know of any retractable fine liners on the market?" Only one that I could think of, and I even looked around for more. The only one that I'm familiar with is the Sharpie pen, you know, not the permanent marker. And they made a traditional fine liner drawing pen years ago. Mm-hmm. And then about a year after they launched that, they added in a retractable version, which I didn't think was as good, but you know, that's the only one I can think of it exists, but there's kind of a reason these don't exist. It's because of how delicate those tips are and how prone they are to drying out. Right. It's a, plastic tip in most cases and when it's exposed to air even though like some of the selling points of some of these fine liners is that hey you can leave the cap off for like 24 hours they've never translated that into a retractable pin model for that same type of refill technology so it's kind of a it's probably more of a problem for these manufacturers to deal with to make them have any incentive to make a retractable tip so the only other option is I know some of the machine pin companies 
we'll make a pen that fits the Montblanc fineliner refills. So you can search for those. I don't have any of those off off the top of my head, but I didn't. I kind of didn't think that's what you were going for. I figured we were just going for like a main production line, like Secura Pigma Micron, but retractable, or you know, mm. Stadler Stadler Fineliner, you know. But do retractable. love that Sharpie pen though. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, the metal, you know, really I nice. yeah, I the Sharpie metal. This is like completely off off target, but the Sharpie metal barrel, like for the big marker permanent marker is a, just a great product and uh you know what's even better enough. what tiffany one. Oh, <laughs> yeah we should you need one of those a tiffany sharpie that. pen yeah yeah that's what you think i'll I just need? get you yeah i'll just get you the turquoise one 715 pounds just the inner barrel just the inner I'll get you the $2 pen, $2 version and like scratch off the, uh, I'll put tape around it and just write Tiffany on it. How's that? That's, that's perfectly fine. Same performance. Yeah. Well, you gotta, gotta give it some weight though. Yeah. True. True. All right. Next one. Esoterica 1693. That's Jay next year. Ink Must color, all architect grinds be extremely sharp along their main edge or can they ever be so can they be ever so slightly rounded or softened? How do you ask for that? I like the look of the architect, but I love a really smooth nib. Can this go together? Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't know. Like, I I think it's as basic as asking for that description, right? I feel like a lot of nib grinding is kind of just like, we're going to make this up as we go along, right? Because yeah. it changes person to person depending on your writing style. If you're getting it mm -hmm. done like in person, especially or properly, you know? Right. Like they want to customize it to you. Right. So the theory of the architect is the vertical stroke is hairline thin or somewhere along that. And that's where that sharpness comes in. So you can get that toned down very easily. Um, it'll be a little bit wider, but it'll still have the variation of like, you know, if you took a stub nib and rotated the, the nib, you know, 90 degrees or whatever it is to get that angle right. You know, you could practice like that, and that's what it would feel like. You know, you wouldn't have the massive variation that you get in a lot of the stub nibs, but that doesn't sound like what you're looking for anyway. So you can get some variation and have a smoother writing experience. So, yes, you would just ask for that just like you said it to us, and um, it would be pretty easy. All right, so next up, we have a question from Fovren who says, is there a highlighter or pen thin enough to use as a bookmark? So there's a couple. Um, the first one that came to mind is the um, the tutu pen. Of course it did. <laughs> um, because that's kind of exactly what it's made for, but that's a really expensive kind of choice to like jump into and you know it's got its flaws being open tipped right there's no closure on it so you can like when you're looking for like a flat pen and there may be something else on the market coming soon that you just want to keep your eyes on that's redacted right now um but i found i remembered a couple of pens that i'd used on jet pens and i've reviewed them on the site the oto minimo it's kind of made for this, even though it's a round barrel, it's ultra skinny. Like it could fold in like in between pages, right? If you put it towards the spine, you could fold it in and use it as a bookmark. Um, it's so small. They actually ship it like hooked to a piece of paper so it doesn't get lost, wow. right? It's like hooked to a card. 
um, if you look at a picture of it. And then the Pilot Birdie Switch is a little bit bigger version of that. Um, it's just a different option. But these are like ultra-thin pins, um, but they're round barrels. So if you want a flat barrel, that's a little bit more of a challenge. Um, but keep your eyes peeled. All right, so next up, we have a question from Bump who says, uh, what is the worst place you ever had a pen explode or leak ink? And do you have any tips for getting gel ink out of clothes and the inside of a dryer? This is a brutal tweet I got from our friend Bump you know, a couple weeks ago. And so I put out a call for help on Twitter. And the best thing I can tell you is people have lots of suggestions for this. So it's threaded. We'll add a link into the show notes. And this happens more than you think. So people have solutions for this. Um, I don't know how many replies or responses I got to this, um, but it was a lot <laughs> and there's some great ideas. So, um, you should uh, take a look and keep this link handy in case this ever happens to you. I know Mike, we should probably keep this yeah. uh, link handy for when it happens again, because we'll get this question again for mm-hmm. sure. I just didn't have, I didn't have a definitive answer to give bump to, um, to do this. So I wanted to put it out there to the wisdom of the crowd and they, they delivered man big time. The only thing that I can ever think of that happened to me was when I was buying your uh, vacuumatic and I uh, pulled the lever on the table and it was full of ink. Yeah, that was cool. It was an experience for everybody involved. (laughs) And a story you can always tell. Evan asks, uh, when you use a cartridge or converter pen with a converter, do you attach the converter to the section and fill through the nib and the feed, or do you fill the converter first and attach the section afterwards? This is a fantastic question. I think this is like an ideology thing. It is, but it also relates to like the beginner thing, Mm -hmm. and it also relates to how particular you are things. So let's actually just answer this question. What do you do? Both. Of course, I knew you were going to say that. I (laughs) I put the converter in and fill through the, 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 the nib and the feed. That's what I always do. That's the preferred way to do it. The reasons I will not do that is if I feel the pin... I do not want to get as much ink onto the pen. Like it's not a basic uh, plastic. I understand you know, that. Like if you have barrel. some kind of material that you feel may be affected by being dipped yeah. into ink. I get that. I totally right. understand and, that. And generally that's not an issue, right? But like I don't fill my Nikaias that way. I will Interesting. Fill. Interesting. Even though, even though I could and it would be fine, I syringe fill wow. a converter and then pop the converter into the pen and even though it's Look gonna take you longer to start writing, I mean, I just big fancy you know, boy. You're like, oh, sometimes I'm fill my Nikaios syringe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm particular, not necessarily because of like damage to the pen, which mm-hmm. you really can't do, um, but of cleanliness and I get you um, that type of thing. I fill my uh, I fill my kings of pens normally as i always do i fill my king of pens that way okay yeah my uh, like i although those are difficult because the nib is so large you have to have (laughs) a deep deep inkwell you have to have (laughs) a lot of ink left in the bottle to be (laughs) able to fill one of those things thirsty yeah so the particular pen evan discussed is one i just bought the franklin christoph 31 um it has a it has a recessed nib right so like the nib is kind of half covered by 
the barrel exterior, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean when I yep. when I just yeah, when got I say a that? Collar. So yeah, it's got like this extra collar on the exterior, so that ink gets up in there. Like that would mm-hmm. that would bug me, right? That's an annoyance to me. So with that pen, I would choose um, I would choose to fill it um, just you know sticking the converter in the in the ink bottle and filling it that way or whatever. Like I just don't like I don't like the mess if I have an easy enough option mm-hmm. to not have it. So that's my thoughts. But this is also like, I bring this, I include this question for a lot of reasons. Like this is also like a beginner one oh one question. Like some people just don't know how to do this, right? What do I do with these parts to make them work? Right? Well, generally you stick the converter empty on the nib unit, stick the nib unit down into the ink and then twist the converter to pull up the ink and then clean off the nib with a paper towel or something like that. Like these are the things like sometimes we forget we need to discuss these things from time to time, which is why I enjoyed this question so much. All right. And our final question comes from Andreas. who says that they love the interview with Dan Smith. Thank you very much, Andreas. Uh, The episode made me want to get a custom nib grind someday. I've been intrigued by stub and italic nibs, but for some reason felt they were only for medium or bigger nibs. My preference is an extra fine, with at most fine in some cases. Before I take the plunge into a custom nib grind on a nicer pen, I would like to try out a stub on a cheaper but still decent pen like a Twisby Eco or Lamy Safari, just to see if I like the writing style. So, the question is, does this approach make sense? Um, like, w- will this work for me if I have a stock stub nib? And will it be available in a fine or extra fine and give me a decent idea of how a quality custom stub nib grind might work for me? What I would recommend to do is buy a product called the Pilot Plumix. And if you can't find the Plumix, Pilot also offers their steel nib. I want to say they call it the CI, like Cursive Italic, but they might just call it a stub. Whatever it is, it's a 0.9 millimeter steel italic style nib. Okay. And this is still wider than what you want. Like in fine, extra fine. That's a whole nother level. That's still going to be like half the size. But this Plumix is generally pretty sharp. And it's pretty accurate for the feeling of a sharper grind, I think. It's a nib I thoroughly enjoy. And that, if you can find the Plumix, um, I, can, I don't know if the Metropolitan started coming with these nibs or not. But the Plumix is like a very inexpensive pen, like under $10, maybe under 5 but I think under 10 And try that for feel and writing style. If you jive with that then I'd maybe consider getting a probably like a fine steel nib into like a stub a stub nib grind if that works for you so like spend like the $10 on the Pilot Plumix and play with that for a while because that's going to give you kind of that best writing experience in that price range just to kind of test it out um just to see if you like that style. So, you know, that's kind of where I'd lead as opposed to getting like a Twisby Eco and fine and just getting like a stub put on that. That's different. I I will admit that that's a different experience, Mm. but you can, that will cost you a total of like 60 to $70 to find out whether you like it or not, where you can get the Plumix nib for 
a lower risk and then just to see if you like it uh, to begin with. That's kind of what I'm thinking. All right, so that wraps it up for today's episode. If you'd like to send in your questions to be answered on a future show, just send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA, or you can send an email to... Hello, hello. at penaddict.com. Oh, hello. Hello at penaddict.com is the email address <laughs> for that. Uh, a few times today we spoke about something called Refill. This is Brad's member newsletter. If you go to penaddict.com, you can sign up there. It is my favorite membership newsletter. I have subscribed to a bunch, and Refill is the one that I will always, always read without question. <laughs> don't tell any of my other friends that, please. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm telling. I'm don't telling. tell them. I just said don't tell them. <laughs> uh, thanks so much to Squarespace and Harry's for their support of this show. Um, if you want to find more about Brad online, as I said, you can go to penaddict.com, knock.co, Dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram, and twitch.tv slash penaddict as well. Uh, you can find me um, at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. If you want to find out more about the theme system journal, you go to cortexmerch.com, and you can put your email address in there, uh, and you'll be notified when the product goes back on in stock whenever that may be uh but i brad i appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about it with you today yeah and i just want to say tell people you know listen to the cortex pod if that's something Mm -hmm. you're interested in that style of work like we're not going to cover you know everything that mike covers about the theme system on the pen addict because that's not what we do but like it's worthwhile to talk about you know building notebooks and how these systems work and why they exist but to get the real nuts and bolts of that you should really listen to cortex like i said it's it's an excellent podcast i don't Thank listen you. to every episode i'm not a religious listener but when i do every time i listen to it mike i get hooked like y'all talk about something that's like uh i should listen to this you like should. every time it comes out and i will I overlook download it that though, that's all you pod, care about i will just choose to overlook that for the, for the wow i didn't i don't even recall that so yeah. I, my apologies I, a, I hate that word as well it's okay you said it but i will forget it, it was it was struck <laughs> from the record uh we'll right. be back next time until then say goodbye brad goodbye brad goodbye pod <laughs>